0: And a pleasant good evening everybody and welcome into another edition of the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Eberflus, Jeff Joniak with you until 8 o'clock tonight here on News Radio 105.9 WBBM. We recap Sunday's game at Minnesota. Good evening, Matt. How you feeling? Uh, Doing well. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Fight to the finish. Dropped a a tough one 29-22 to the Vikings. Uh, overall, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, we were proud of the guys, you know, for the way they fought in the second half and the way they executed in the second half for sure. And, uh, um, we really want to uh, build upon this, you know, and it was a good uh, outing for the offense. You know, the offense did a really nice job of, uh, you know, in the second half and really to end that first half of scoring that touchdown, coming out in the second half and scoring another touchdown. I know we didn't make the two-point try there, but uh, they scored on every drive in the second half You know, uh, leading up, and who knows what would have happened in that last drive too. So um, we were excited about that for sure. The defense got going in the second half, you know, They did a good job to set up that first half score um, with that stop and then obviously played really well in the second half. And then we couldn't close the door in in that last drive. You know, the last drive we had five third downs, um, you know, third and one, two third and ones, a third and four, a third and five, and a third and eight. We need to get off the field there and execute. So uh, we got to close the door on them right there.
0: So it's 21-3. They're moving down the field like a knife through butter kind of. What's going through your mind at that time?
1: Yeah, it was just really about execution. You know, it's about execution. It was about, you know, uh, just the rudiments of the game. You know, keeping the cup on the ball, um, tackling, doing the basics. And, uh, we you know, obviously getting off on third down, that's always a big thing you have to have. We didn't,
0: ha- we didn't get that done in the first half. So, uh, you know, those, those are just simple, basic things of football. Do you ever have uh-oh moments as a coach? I mean, I know you probably can't, but in your mind you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I mean, Justin Jefferson could have 25 catches today. I mean – your mind starts playing tricks with you when you're watching a game like that because it seems like he's uncoverable type of thing, and it's 21-3 and it's early in the game.
1: Yeah, sometimes you just say, "Hey, we're going to stick with the plan." Sometimes you got to say, "Hey, we're going to adjust it a little bit." You know, we did. We stuck with the plan a little bit there, and then we made some adjustments. You know, as it went, and uh, ended up being a little bit better, obviously in the second half.
0: So the idea with a guy like that, I mean, you really you got to pick your poison a little bit here, right? Because you don't want to beating him over the top and having these big plays that blow the stadium up but then he they could also bleed you a little bit if you're if your quarterback you're trying to defend is getting rid of the ball quick and just pitch and catch but you're tackling them and making them work a long field uh is that the case when you got a dynamic player like that and you have to give them different looks and all that too but is that part of it
1: yeah, I mean, you're you're
0: also worried about the run
1: game too, you know. So you you have to really focus on you know a couple of things there. But you know, we have to do a better job to start for sure. That that's there's no doubt about that. And we end up adjusting and doing a better job in the second half.
0: Well, the one thing is uh, the rookies. Uh, I know Kyler Gordon and Jalen Jones uh, were top of the chart of tackles, and you know I mean, they had to tackle Justin Jefferson. They had to tackle these guys. But boy, are they getting the experience? And I know you talk about this a lot about young players. They got to get their they got to get their baptisms, you know. And and this is but this is significant early in a season, isn't
1: yeah, it? Yeah, and then, you know, I thought we thought that Gordon tackled well. Yeah, you know, that was that's one of the things we've been working really hard on the last couple of weeks, and uh, he's been working hard on it with his coaches, and uh, we thought he did a nice job. Had a couple, you know, two three really nice open field tackles.
0: How about Jalen? What's his progress like? I know after the game, uh, I, I read some quotes where you know he's identifying exactly what he did wrong, and he seems to be quite the studious player. Out of the SECs, had a lot of experience, obviously, but a lot of folks don't know a ton about him. But he's getting a ton of playing time, forced fumble on special teams as well.
1: Yeah, and he, he's been doing well. He's been filling in for for the other Jalen, of course, yep. the last few weeks, and uh, he, he's been doing well. You know, there's a couple of plays that we, he wish he had back from last night, but uh, again, we're going to focus on the improvement of that and get that done this week.
0: All right, so I kind of looked at it. Uh, you could look at the moon ball to, to Mooney as, as a big turning point in getting guys going. You know, okay, okay, we're, we got this thing going. But I, the first 36 plays, they were getting almost eight yards a play, and then the next 38 plays, it was more manageable at four yards a play. And I thought that the, the the pressure by Quinn when he had to turf the ball and then I think a two plays later – Justin Jones gets to him because, you know, no quarterback likes pressure, but things started to change significantly at, from that point on in the game. Uh, is that a good benchmark moment in the game for the way the defense and then how it just played out the rest of the three yeah, phases? Yeah, I think, you know,
1: there's there's ebbs and flows to a game, you know, certainly not like that, you know, where, you know, they have that many, you know, yeah, it, it's not that tilted, but... For sure, there's always ebbs and flows of a game, and you have to be able to ride those out. And, uh, you know, that how do you do that? That's the cycle of the snap. You just play one snap at a time, turn the page, and move to the next one, and I thought our guys did a nice job. All
0: right, let's talk Justin Fields. And the offense, uh, great second half. Uh, confidence was just uh, oozing out. You could see it, 12 or 13 throwing the ball, but career best in quarterback rating and, and arguably the best drive of the season right there coming out of halftime.
1: Yeah, I mean, this just uh, the the pocket. You know, we you know one of the goals for us was to protect the quarterback and uh, give him time. You know, and when we give him time, um, he's very effective and he's very accurate. So we're we're excited about where that is, and and he did a nice job executing that first drive.
0: And then there's always the what-ifs. Obviously, the penalty, uh, you could say it's a little acting going on by Dantzler, but that's uh, part of the game too, I guess. Uh, But uh, as you look at that hit, was that a questionable one that took away the 53-yard touchdown run by Justin Fields? Because if it holds and it sticks, the place... That's a highlight real play that's on every highlight show in America this this morning. Yeah, that
1: was a special run for sure, no doubt about it. And that highlights the kind of athlete that Justin is. And, you know, in terms of the block, you know, they're going to call some of those. You know, did he flop a little bit? I don't know, but uh, sometimes, you know, that happens. And uh, it was an effort block by him, though. So, you know, he was wow. giving great effort on that play, and I don't fault him on it. I thought he used good technique. And again, that's a judgment call by the officials.
0: But we talk about the the other uh, play the, uh, of note with uh, Marset Smith, get out of bounds, flat out.
1: Yeah, I it's just it. that simple. You know, it yeah. was it was a well-designed play. Uh, we had it right there. Again, you catch it, you put the ball in the outside arm, and just get out of get what you can and get out of bounds. When the ball's outside in the numbers, you get out of bounds. When it's inside the numbers, you get north. You know, and get back on the ball. And uh, those are just two-minute mechanics. You know, one-on-one.
0: Yeah, and the crazy thing about it, you can look at it. Well, I can. Maybe you can't. But hey, I appreciate the aggressiveness. Hey, I'm I'm going to make a huge play here. I'm in my old building, but there's a there's an intelligence of football that has to kick in there. No doubt. All right, let's talk more about uh, David Montgomery's return. Uh, good to see him back there. Right out of the gate, the 30 yard little smoke screen, boom up the field, 30 yards. That's how he rolls. Yeah, he did a really good job in the
1: passing game. Obviously, that play was was excellent, and uh, he he's uh Really good runner once he gets the ball in his hands, and he's a—he's uh, very dynamic. He's a strong runner. Um, he's got really good cutting ability um, that's hard to defend, and uh, we're excited to have him back.
0: Nice pitch and catch right there. All right, we'll continue our discussion, take a look at more about this Bears Fight with the Vikings yesterday in Minnesota.
2: Fields goes back in the gun, back to his right. Two receivers left, one to the right. Cushion across the board. Motion to Bayless Jones. They toss it to him. Coming to the near side corner. 10-5 to the pylon. He is in for the touchdown. how his first NFL offensive snap, Bayless Jones Jr. Oh, in from 9. Oh, it is 21-16 Minnesota. The Bears are coming back.
0: I just heard Bayless Jones' first offensive touch. In the National Football League, and it's a touchdown on the fly pitch from uh, Justin Fields. Gets credit for a touchdown pass there. It's, it's a popular play around the league, and he uh, turned on the juice. Some good blocking there. Break that one down for us.
1: Yeah, I think that's, first of all, generally speaking, that's a good scheme. You know, that's, when you attack the pylons, the short pylons there, you got to attack the short pylons, the deep pylons in that part of the field because you're short on, on the depth of the field, so now you got to ch- attack the width of the field. So and that, that's what that play did. So, um, you know, pitch right there to Valus, obviously a great block by David Montgomery, and uh, obviously use, utilizing the
0: speed of that player, and uh, he did a nice job getting to the pylon. So when you get that kind of speed at 4-3-1 coming out of Tennessee, uh, you just want to see more. But the fact of the matter is I know people are, hey, how come he's not getting a lot of – but he missed a lot of time during training camp, right? Yeah, and he,
1: we're just getting him back in there. You know, he's getting his return game going for us. Uh, he had a couple of nice returns yesterday. And we're just starting to feed him into the offense, so we'll we'll see where it goes from here.
0: Excellent weapon to work with, right there. Forty-seven plays. You get the twenty-two points. You could have had more, obviously, with the with the call back on on the uh, Justin Fields run. What's your wheelhouse for the offense in terms of you know you're going to have a chance to get in into that game plan a little bit deeper.
1: Yeah, so I would just say more of the same. You know, I think it's uh, what we did yesterday was really good. You know, and I think we're going to get more. You know, option you know, options to have the quarterback on the on the edge of the offense, you know, boots, keepers, uh, throwbacks, all those things that we did and, and will continue to do to get Justin, you know, not only in the pocket, but also out of the pocket with the movement passes. So we're excited about where this is going.
0: The decision to onside kick, it was applauded by your your players. They 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 appreciated the aggressiveness and the belief in them to make a play and be aggressive to try and get this one on the road. Yeah, so we
1: worked on that play all week. You know, we, we designed it. We, we worked on it uh, before and after practice, during practice. And uh, it was a, a thing that we saw by their alignment that we could take advantage of. And we just missed it. And we thought the kick by Cairo was really good. It was in a perfect location. And we just needed a better get-off by a couple players there from the, from the line of scrimmage, from the kick. Um, and we would have gotten it. So we were excited about that. And the one thing I told the defense, you know, right before we did it, I said, guys, we're, we're going to run the onside. I said, hey, if we don't get this, there's a chance we don't get it, right? And there's a chance we do. But if we don't, I want you to rise up. I want you to rise up in sudden change and take, take care of business, force them to kick a field goal, there, if, if that's the case, or, or even punt. And that's what they did. They came out, and they did a great job. They, You know, I know they got one first down, and then we end up blocking it. You know, so – uh, and I think the ball was at the 48-yard line, okay, when they took took over possession there. So it was really about the same. You know, I think we lost maybe seven yards difference of if we would have recovered that fumble. So um, it was really no and void there. Guys did a great job of stepping up in that sudden change moment, and
0: uh, and the guys appreciated it. Matthew Adams came close to getting that one too. So yes, he did. Yeah. That was outstanding. But, you know, the kind of plays like that for special teams, again, we talk about the run game and a, and a special team's travels well. And this special teams unit with a lot of young players, they're, they're making plays. I mean, there's you can go down the list. Again, Blackwell was a factor. And you yeah. talked about the Jalen Jones forced fumble. Cairo hitting three field goals, 250-plus. You got Velas is this coming together quicker on special teams maybe than you could have imagined yeah i guys? mean
1: all all the all the people that i've always worked with and my mentors always said if you want to be good at something you got to give it time and you got to give it attention and we've done that since day one special teams is not an afterthought here it is a forethought it is something that we believe in we use it as a weapon and we we believe in giving it time and attention and uh, those guys in there are doing a nice job Obviously, the specialists are doing a nice job, but the, the the supporting cast of all those young players, of those guys making plays and, and really tackling well and keeping good leverage on the cover teams, and then giving great effort, sustaining blocks on, on on the return team. So, um, and then we got you know Valus back, who's going to be a weapon uh, for us as well. So we're excited where this is going for special teams, and it's going to be a weapon for
0: do, us. Do you feel that uh, kind of belief in them also, and just? Putting them out there, just it's a, it's a natural confidence builder. Uh, if you're telling them, hey, if you do this. A plus B equals C, you're going to make plays. And you could just, you kind of feel it on that unit right now.
1: Yeah, it just goes to our core foundation, you know, about the effort and the intensity which we want to play and the, and the stamina which we want to play. And those guys are putting it out there and they're giving great effort. They're playing with great intensity and they're playing smart. So that's exactly what we want from our football team.
0: I never looked back at who they gave credit for the block. I, I first thought it was Dominique Robinson, but then Kyler Gordon's flashing in there. So right. I, I at first they said it was Robinson, and then I see somebody who, who gets credit for the Block. Let's give it to them both. All right. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Yeah. That's an executive decision. Great great effort by both players. Oh yeah. And uh really good job. Yeah, great. Uh, From the size and then the speed of Gordon coming off the edge, that's a good combination indeed.
2: Fields lifts his right foot, no snap yet. On the second one, it's back. Fields staring down, looking, launching, going for Mooney, underthrown, adjusted, and an incredible one-handed catch. Sucks it into his belly at the 11-yard line of Minnesota. Thought there was no chance he was going to catch that ball. Fields put it up there, and he makes the play on Sullivan, a one-handed leap. And what a beauty by Darnell Mooney.
0: Great seats available to see your Chicago Bears this season at Soldier Field. Get your tickets at chicagobears.com slash tickets. We'll take a look at Washington coming up here in moments as well. But uh, I I almost feel I saw somebody still shot. Maybe it was one of the Bears uh, content uh, folks here. Single shot of him catching that pass uh, with his hand was just... Amazing, you know, and then to actually see it all happen is just uh, tremendous. A lot has to go into that, obviously, but he gave him a chance. Give him a chance. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's great focus, you know, and concentration uh, by Mooney there, so it's it's really an amazing play, and, and that doesn't happen all the time. You know, it's when it's so far out of your reach, you only can grab it with one hand, and uh, he did a great job hauling that in, but credit goes to the offensive line, too, because that's a downfield play and a downfield throw, and they gave it, the protection was solid, and they gave him time to do it.
0: Yeah, let's talk more about that offensive line and what it what it gave uh, Justin Fields and his ability to operate in there.
1: Yeah, you know it goes. It's a credit to the coaches. You know, CMO, you know, and, and Austin, they do a nice job with the offensive line. Their rules are simple and they're sound. The techniques are, are fundamentally sound there too. And, and then the protection was solid all day. You know, we had a nice plan for the protection. They obviously had some really good rushers on the edge. Yeah. Um, they had four guys that could really blow and go on the outside. And for the most part, we did a nice job.
0: Kindleville door. I thought he did some good things on Justin Jefferson. He was uh, playing him a little tighter to the line of scrimmage, uh, but he was—you know—that guy was lining up in the slot, X flanker, you name it, jet sweep action, all that stuff. So, it's hard to pinpoint where he's going to wind up. And then he gets the interception. What was the breakdown? That one? Yeah.
1: So that interception really was just a bootleg, and uh, we were in cover two, and he was hinging back to his landmark, and he was playing in between the over route and the flat route. Uh, You know, and that's—you know—every boot pass has that. And he just stole it, and he just looked inside, and there was the over route, and took the pass, and um, nice catch, and a decent return, you know, a decent yeah. return. We, we, it's a wall return up the numbers. Uh, I thought on that one we needed, a, we passed a couple blocks up with the blockers, so we we got to make sure we block first color on that, so we could have got a better return on that. So we'll get that. Corrected. First
0: color is just the jersey, That's right? That's it. it. That's it. That's how Devin Hester did it, by the way. He said he looks for color. That's it. And he went the other way. <laughs> He made it simple that way. Good advice by one of the
1: best returners in ball.
0: Yeah, I always thought that was interesting. You talk about never passing up a mistake to correct a mistake or whatever. Like, those returns, and that's continuing the process of evaluation here. You want that ball in the end zone, if at all possible. So that's not something you take lightly. It's, It's all great. There's all happiness when you get the pick, but... There's more to it than that.
1: No, it's important because, you know, we want to give our offense short fields. You know, we always want to do that. We want to put them in field goal range or put them in touchdown range, you know, or, or score on defense or special teams, and that's part of the game. That's why you use, you know, it's complimentary football. So we want to get that done, but there's details to it.
0: Did you learn a little bit more about your team in terms of resiliency in this particular fashion? Because, yeah, it could have it been – really rough? Well, I mean, uh, I would say no and yes. I would okay. say no, because I
1: already know the character of the men in the room um, and what kind of team we have, the resilient team that we have and and the, uh, the fight in our football team. But it's also good to show that, you know, and show that, hey, you can come out of a hole like that as, you know, fighting and executing together and playing complimentary football. And uh, now we just got to finish and doing the ordinary, extraordinary, Finish to me is just doing ordinary, extraordinary, just execution at the end of that game, okay? In the simplest form, you know, we have a chance to win that.
0: What do you do now uh, with the short week? You know, you're probably not going to spend a ton of time on this one.
1: Yeah, so uh, another walkthrough practice tomorrow, and then the day before the game, we'll have a short practice and then head to the hotel that night, and then we'll have a walk through the day of the game at the hotel and then play the kick it off at 7.15.
0: Now it's time to look ahead, brought to you by Bet Rivers, the official sportsbook partner of the Bears. The Bears will turn it around quickly this week, play host to the Washington Commanders Thursday night, one of three primetime games for the Bears this season. So the bright lights in the big city will be on. All the attention on the Bears. What do you know in this early stage of prep for Washington?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, so, you know, they just lost a tight one yesterday. You know, they drove, I think it was a 20-some play drive. They drove down the field and, you know, ended up throwing an interception. The uh, linebacker made a heck of a play on the goal line there uh, to seal the deal. I did end up watching that game last night. Um, So, really, it's just about, you know, us going against, you know, a a good skill set again on offense. You know, Carson Wentz, you know, obviously we know him well. We were with him in Indianapolis. He's been in that, you know, the NFC, was, that, was it the Eagles? So a uh, good player. He's super strong. He's got a great deep ball, uh, throws the ball well, you know, on, on movement passes. You know, they got a good host of receivers um, that we think are really good. Um, they're running backs. You know, they just got one back uh, yesterday, and uh, they got some good skill set there, a couple one-two punches there, good third down back. So um, we're going to have our hands full with them. You know, we got some things up front that we think we can we can do. Uh, pressure wise front wise that we can change and adjust a little bit in this short week to take advantage of some things but uh, that's where it is for our defense you know and then for our offense this is a talented group talented up front they got they got first rounders all across the board in the front line there and it's going to be a big challenge for our offensive line in the run game and also the pass game so We're excited about it uh, to
0: get going here. All right. Well, good luck with your preparation on this short week. Appreciate it. Cousins on the play fake. Bootleg
2: near side. Throws. And it is intercepted. Bill Doerr steps in front. 35. Left at the 40. And he's brought down from behind. The Bears have turned over the Vikings.
0: Calling all Bears fans. Get the ultimate VIP fan package with Chicago Bears VIP. Secure a game ticket and appearance from Bears legends and more by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show. But we don't have a coach for the rest of the show. Given the short week, Matt Eberflus off to game plan and get ready for the show uh, against the Washington Commanders. On Thursday night at Soldier Field, but we're joined by Trey Cozio, a Hinsdale product, co-player personnel director of the Chicago Bears, first year here. Please, please tell me you grew up loving these Bears.
3: Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah,
0: and what a what a thrill, right, to be in
3: this building in this role now. It's uh, it's really special. It's really special. You know, growing up and uh, you know how fa- how passionate the fan base is. You know, I I understand it because I was one of those kids. You know, watching the Bears on Sunday mornings, Sunday afternoons with my dad and. Uh, you know come
0: from a big bears uh family so it's it's great to be here and the funny thing about this in these positions i hear people all the time oh my god i think it'd be so cool to be in the personnel department draft scout because they all love the draft they all love fantasy football but boy these chairs man these are these are very hard to get number one and there's a lot of pressure isn't there to do yeah, these things yeah.
3: and you know what i mean we're we're really fortunate really grateful to have the position and all that um but yeah, it's uh, you can like a player, you can do all the work on them, and then uh, you know you're in the <laughs> frying pan when it comes to the draft, and and that clock starts ticking down, and it says, "Are are you sure? Are you, are you sure that all the stuff you said about it is true and all that?" But uh, no, it's it's a wonderful opportunity, man, and, and some wonderful people here. So
0: coming into this uh, segment, we just heard Kindleville Doors interception uh, against the uh, Minnesota Vikings yesterday, and this is a player that uh, had gotten a lot of playing time before you guys got here, this uh, new new regime. But uh, what an assignment yesterday to, for the entire secondary to deal with one of the premier receivers in football in just a few years in the league making his mark. But uh, Kendall Vador has been, been getting some good action, good good football play.
3: Absolutely. I thought this was his best game of the season for us. And uh, to come up and have a momentum change in play like that, you could see that's when – you know, the offense came out and, and, and really rallied starting at the end of the second half going into the beginning. Uh, starting at the end of the first half going into the second half. And then uh, to get a big stop like that with Kendall was, was absolutely a, a boost for the momentum for the defense. So, kudos to him. You know, he did a wonderful job yesterday.
0: And All the different parts that went well didn't ultimately result in a win, but... What'd you learn? I mean, this is you learned a lot more about this football team on the road at Minnesota, tough place to play, and a hot quarterback, at least for the beginning of the game.
3: Yeah, absolutely. The, the thing that stood out to me, uh, you know, seeing it live and then just going back and watching the tape this morning is, uh, you know, the coaching staff and the players, just the resilience that they showed. You know, I've been in some of those situations in years past where you turn around and that game gets away from you and you end up losing, you know, 40 to 10, right? And the fact that those guys battled back, we always talk about in our department, you know, show us showing us some resiliency, right? So you get down, you get punched in the mouth, you're down twenty-one to three, you battle back, you know, there's there's no quitting those players or those staff, right? So yeah, at the end of the day, we, we fell just a little bit short of where we wanted to be, but it's, you know, being able to overcome, you know, those hard times and some of those bad plays in in the course of the game, right? And showing that fight. And and I think that this team and this coaching staff has showed that you know, through the first five weeks of the season, that's all we can ask for.
0: You can't go by ifs, but if the 53-yard run by Justin Fields is foul-free, I mean, this is a headline day for Justin Fields. I mean, he had a terrific day in the pocket. The pocket awareness showed. He ejected when he needed to, picked up some good plays. Uh, The moon ball to, to Mooney, I like to call that the moon ball. But, you know, you put that. Uh, on tape and uh wow you're you're talking a you're talking a big day for number 1
3: it it was a, it was an excellent game for him you know it was, it was the best game that I've seen him play yeah. uh, since I've been here and and that's what you want to see you know i know that the start offensively wasn't exactly how people you know how we drew it up but that's what we talk about with that resiliency you know and then he making plays from the pocket you know and 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 with his arm and everybody knows that that he's an explosive playmaker running with the football but you know, I thought yesterday, finding those receivers, making some big-time throws, you know, in addition to using his legs. And and that's what gives defensive coordinators fits is, you know, all of a sudden you become a complete player and, and it's hard to stop.
2: They hand out Montgomery, blasting up the middle. Montgomery spinning into the end zone for the touchdown! Touchdown, Bears! Right down the middle of Minneapolis. That was a
0: nine-yard touchdown run of the second quarter by running back David Montgomery. Good to get him back and rolling back with you on the Bears Coaches Show with Bears Co-Player Personnel Director Trey Kozio and uh, good to have David back. I mean, we know how violent of a runner he is and what he means to this team.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anytime you can get an explosive play, you know whether it's uh, with him running the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield, it really gets the offensive momentum going and. Um, You know, having him back, it it adds uh, that rugged element to our offense. I thought Khalil did a wonderful job filling in, you know, when when David was out. But having both those guys uh, gives us really, really important weapons and and a foundation to build on.
0: Let's talk about these young guys because it's fun to watch young players develop and get that juice going. And I I think of guys like Josh Blackwell on special teams. I I think Avalis is excited about his touchdown. But Jalen Jones is getting a ton of Kyler Gordon. You can go down the list. There's so many on special teams. Uh, you guys have embraced this with young players. Sometimes that's hard to do, mm-hmm. uh, but you got a coaching staff that also embraces it. It's and blend very well with that in, in that regard. And are these young players uh, developing uh, at a rate that you're pleased with?
3: Uh, you know, absolutely. I think that going into this year, we knew that we would have a, a pretty young core. You know, we've got a group of established veterans that that I think are setting the tone for those guys and. Uh, got to give a lot of credit to the coaching staff, too, because it's not an easy thing for them to, to come in with, uh, you know, a room full of uh, yeah. 22 and 23 <laughs> year olds. But they've done a great job and those guys are teachable. They're coachable. And the one thing that I give them credit for is they, you know, they're going to give you everything they got all the time. You know, the effort out there you see and a perfect example of that is, you know, Don Robinson coming in, giving us that extra effort to block that field goal that's huge, you know, without that play, you know, we're sitting there potentially down 10, you know, on that final drive instead of being down seven. So those young guys are coming along. There's going to be growing pains, you know, and we know that the coaching staff knows it, but you know, that, that effort and especially for a group and a young team, to not get down, right, and throw in the towel when things start to get that's what that's what we're looking for, right? Those, those kids have fight to them and they're going to continue to get better and and I got to credit the coaching staff for really working and developing them.
0: Not bad for an ex quarterback, wide receiver, huh?
3: <laughs> not bad at all. Wow. Not bad at all. Pass
0: rusher, nice blocking kicks and he was, in, you know, in that I guess, I guess they all kind of put at the NASCAR package going inside. You know, rushing the passer with Justin Jones uh, on the inside. I like that, too, because of his height. He can cloud the vision of a quarterback with his height.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And, the, you know, he's got a relentless motor at some of those plays, too. Not only rushing the passer, but, you know, I think that, um, you know, that defensive staff and with the hits philosophy that they preach, just run into the football. Some of those effort plays that may not show up on the stat sheet as much, but chasing stuff down from the backside and, and, and creating disruption.
0: All right, so you're a, a tight end in college, uh, linebacker tight end at, at Hinsdale Central. Uh, how did those years shape your knowledge of the game? I know you went to Boston College. Unfortunately, some injuries uh, kind of sidetracked you, though.
3: Yeah, I I think, you know, just from a playing experience, it, it's it's not a prerequisite to do what we do, but it, it helps to give you a head start and uh, just kind of a knowledge of
0: the game. I know.
3: You know, Jeff and I have joked around about it. Uh, Jeff you know, King, by the way.
0: Jeff King. Same position, right? Yeah, absolutely.
3: Uh, you know, we've, we've joked around about it, whereas, uh, you know, just playing tight end, having an understanding of what's being asked, not only in the pass game, but also in the run game. You know, they they put a lot on your plate mentally there with understanding pass protections, you know, route running. In addition to the run game stuff, it, uh, it forced me to be a student of the game, um, you know, Sometimes learning at the speed of pain, you know, <laughs> <laughs> with with some of that stuff. But uh, it helped uh, it helped me to understand an appreciation for watching tape, which you know I'm glad it did because that's pretty much what we do most of the time now.
0: So, did you always like watching tape? Because some guys they don't love it. They got to learn how to do it, and they got to embrace it.
3: I think you hit the nail on the head. You have to learn how to do it, and I think unfortunately it's one of those things that you learn later on in your career with yeah. uh, with a lot of the little tips that you can see. Um, and that's part of the natural maturation process, I think, for any player is, is understanding how much it can help you. Um, so, yeah, it was something that, you know, it's, it's like they always say, if, if I'd have known then what I know now, you know, it would have been maybe a little bit different story. But uh, yeah, it's a critical aspect for, for any young player. What was
0: your uh, highlight at Hinsdale Central in your career?
3: Oh, shoot. Um, you know, I would say it was that state semifinal game, but we lost. But, um, you know, I think the people that, that and the relationships that I had uh, with, with a lot of those guys, we had a lot of really good players um, on, on that team. You know, and, and one of them, Brian Griffin, is now the head coach there. So it was it was neat to go back and, and get to say hi to him. I, you know, I hadn't seen him in probably 15, 20 years, but uh, – I'd say the relationships and those memories. You know, getting a chance to play for your hometown. Who beat you in that game? Uh, Lockport. Lockport beat us, and it was funny. That was, uh, I think, that was the only game that we lost at home. You know, in, wow. in my time at Hinsdale, we lost some on the road my junior year, but uh, yeah, it was a special time, man. Some special. It probably still there. bugs you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's crazy. It's crazy, and kudos to them. They were a good team, but uh, yeah, it's still one of those things that uh, sticks in the back of your mind after all these years. Of course.
0: Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with Trey Cozio, a Hinsdale native and Bears co-player personnel director of the Chicago Bears. Uh, you played at Boston College, you played with Ryan Poles, so how did that connection foster over time to, to get you guys together, not only in KC, but here?
3: Yeah, uh, Poles and I both came in as, uh, in the same class as, as freshmen back in the fall of uh, 2003, so it's been almost, uh, I guess that's 19 years now, wow. but uh I remember the first thing he ever said to me. I was the tight end. He was playing tackle for us at the time. And he goes, oh, I guess I guess we're going to be working together a lot. You know, and uh, who would have known that 20 years later uh, that would definitely be the case. But, uh, you know, wonderful guy. He and I hit it off, uh, you know, on the field and off the field as well. So... Uh, It's been a pleasure to work with him, you know, and I'm really proud of all that he's been able to
0: accomplish. Uh, These uh, jobs are not instant soup or instant coffee that you just pour some water in and boom, you get here. This has been a journey for you, hasn't it? You've had a ton of different positions. Most of the time with, you know, one organization in Kansas City, but uh, how would you, just in general, characterize your journey to where you are right now, and what what do you hope for?
3: You know, I think the the I've been really fortunate. I think a lot of it's kind of been uh, right place, right time. You know, with uh, just taking advantage of the opportunities that that have been placed in front of me. You know, started off as a grad assistant at, at BC, and then uh had an opportunity to work as a uh, as a scouting intern with the Tennessee Titans back in two thousand eight, and uh that translated into a pro job, and then. Uh, yeah, from there uh it's funny, you know, one quick story it was, you know, I ended up uh when Ryan had their first son, Mason. Um, you know, I was just calling to see how he and his wife and and Mason were doing and say congratulations and next thing I know he says, "Hey, we might have a college job open here in wow. Kansas City." You know, and so uh just from calling to check on him and and say congratulations, uh it ended up into a into a college job with KC. So.
0: And and you get a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? What did that mean to you?
3: It was special. Yeah. It's kind of surreal. Um, yeah. You know, you put in all that hard work, um, you know, both on the field and off the field. And, and a lot of what we do is kind of behind the scenes. But to see it all come, come to fruition on the field is a really special feeling. And uh, getting a chance to have my parents there for the game, too, and, and all that. And a lot of the people that, that really supported me throughout the years, it's, it's special for them, too.
0: What's going on right now with the scouting world? Because, you know, pre-COVID, you know, there's a lot more access, I would imagine. That change during COVID is access to campuses for your college scouts the same, or are there adjustments now how they go about doing their jobs?
3: I think we're starting to get back to where we were pre-COVID in terms of, of the access and the availability on campus. Um, you know, one of the things that was positive to come out is, uh, you know, some of the schools are starting to use Zoom as a platform um, to give us access to, to some of the coaches and holding information and background sessions for some of the players. So, that's carried through. Um, you know, for a while we weren't on campus and, and we were relying on those Zooms to, to get our interactions with the staff members there. But, uh, you know, that's that's been one of the positives, like in all walks of life, where people are starting to embrace that technology as an added, uh, added bonus, you know, that we can use now.
0: How critical is it that this staff, coaching staff, and what you guys are are trying to find them in terms of talent even in an emergency situation like Michael Badgley that the communication is such that you guys really know what they need and how to find it. Do you, do you get the sense that that's the case here?
3: Absolutely and it, it comes down to communication right you know we we get together and we, we try to spend as much time as we can with the coaching staff you know obviously you know we're we're connected at the hip with everything that we do and it doesn't do us any good to bring in somebody that we want that they don't like you know so we're in constant communication with those guys hey here's three or four guys that we're looking at take a look at them you know who do you like out of this group and and working together and that's it starts with the you know the relationship that uh coach Fluce and and ryan have you know and then it builds down with all of us and uh it's important as we get to know each other that, that we're on the same page you know because that's how that's how these things, you know, come to succeed is is really working together. And it's not us versus them. It's us together with, with what can help us.
0: They sound like tough graders as coaches when they put the tape on. Are you guys tough graders? I mean, I'm assuming you have to be. Are Are, are you surprised how tough they are? <laughs>
3: Well, I think they're, we're in the process of setting a standard for what we want to build here, and so you know you have a window to set that standard in, in year one, right? Of of what's acceptable and what you're looking for from from the players. And um, I think for us, it's as we get to know the staff better, it's it's understanding, you know, what is going to work in each individual position room with the personalities, with the expectations, and so it's a learning process for us and. The more time we spend together, the more we're going to have a better understanding of the, the specific traits that are going to allow those kids to succeed in, in each position room that we place them in.
0: you got a young quarterback here in Justin Fields. You, you helped um, get one there in Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. What did you learn from drafting, developing, and growing Patrick that can be applied here?
3: You have to have patience. You know, within a young player, I think that you know we're in a what 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 have you done for me lately society, and I think that especially with social media and the access that the fans have to everything that goes on, those guys can get put under a microscope really quick, and um, it it takes some time. You know, I know with with Patrick, you know, he didn't play that first year, he had time to kind of go through some of those growing pains, not underneath the microscope where some of those mistakes were in practice, where you know he wouldn't get criticized for it. You know, I think that the coaching staff has done a wonderful. Job I know in KC coach did a really good job of working to Patrick's strengths right identifying where the player's strengths are where his comfort level is and I think Luke's done a great job with that with Justin, and we'll continue to do it, but I think patience is the key, you know, because it's easy to, you know, to, to make these snap judgments and snap decisions, but, you know, you saw it over the course of the game, even in Minnesota. Maybe it's a rocky start, and then, hey, he turns around and, and puts some really good things on tape.
0: Is, is it a requirement to work for Ryan Poles that you all be, like, six four, six five? You know, you got Poles, <laughs> Jeff King, and then Ian Cunningham. and You gotta have a hell of a basketball team.
3: Oh, shoot. Well, yeah. well, I, I think <laughs> Jeff's a cut above the rest of us in terms of the basketball I mean playing in the ACC and all yeah. that. but it's been fun I mean it's it's kind of cool to think that the the four of us with Ian and Ryan and Jeff and myself all uh we playing in the ACC around the same time and so it's a lot of shared experiences there but uh you know like like they always joke around with Ryan and Ian and and you know playing offensive line and tight end it's uh it's being able to be selfless and work for the team because a lot of the stuff that you know Jeff was a little bit more talented than the rest of us, obviously with a with a nice NFL career under his belt. But you know, just being able to do the dirty work and and be there for your teammate and and has really kind of helped us gel as a staff and understanding that it's not always
0: going to be glamorous. So, well, I appreciate your time. I know you got a lot of work to do as well, uh, and thanks for uh, pinch hitting for Coach here for the final. A part of the show. Appreciate All right. it. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Trey Cozio, our guest. That's going to wrap us up. I want to thank our producers, Keith Johnson, Andy Gersher, Dan Brilly, and Jordan Trettoff for head coach, Matt Eberflus and Bears co-player personnel director, Trey Cozio. I'm Jeff Joniak. Week six, kicking off at Soldier Field. Free game at 420, kickoff at 720 against the Washington Commanders. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Good night, everybody.